Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to ask a question among the body. How can we live a holy life today? Well, let me first read you all something. Okay, because we have to understand heaven's perspective. God, unlike the devil, is not a liar. Jesus is preparing us, those who follow and listen and obey him. He is preparing us to meet the Father. When Jesus walked on this earth in the body of a man, he was both God and man. While on this mission from heaven, Jesus was operating in the body of a man. He too must be subjected to the Father's will. When Jesus walked this earth as a man, human beings stood before him face to face. People ate with Jesus and lived. People talked with Jesus and lived. People ministered with him and lived. He even healed sick people. He cast out demons. He even brought Lazarus, who was dead, stinking in his tomb for what, three, four days, brought him back to life. So that's telling that although he was God, people was able, they were able to stand before God and live. Well, then how is that so? 
Because according to Philippians 2.7, although God himself in the person of Jesus Christ was tabernacling with his creation, Jesus was here as a man. That's why man at that time who saw Jesus in the flesh could stand before him. Only on one occasion, when only a select, his inner circle of disciples, actually witnessed with their own eyes Jesus in all of his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was so concerned about witnessing Jesus in full glory that he suggested that he put up a tent because Christ was talking with Moses and Elijah. And Peter was like, I'm I'm paraphrasing it. Y'all go look it up. But he was concerned that should we not hide this from people? Unless we too are in our glorified bodies, we cannot stand before holy God without dying. So I want to read us this text from Exodus 33, because we have to understand everything we need to know about living holy and why it is so important for God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ that we be holy. If you let the devil tell it, God is being unreasonable to even suggest For us to be holy, knowing that we are still in these fleshly bodies that are prone to sin, especially with all of the temptations in the world, God, and especially Jesus, if you let the devil tell it, are being so unreasonable. They cannot expect for us to be holy because if they do they are setting up a trap for you and that lie that lie right there is so prevalent in the body of Christ that people are actually mad at God when they sin and feel guilty about it when they come here and see we are to be holy. And that is why Holy Spirit is bringing us to Exodus 33 as as a demonstration of just how holy God is. And we cannot stand before him as a Christ-rejecting, backslidden follower and expect to enter heaven 
We must be holy. And this is why we are in sanctification. The Lord Jesus Christ is preparing us. He is preparing us for the biggest thing that will happen to a human being who is born again. We must be ready to meet the living God in all of his glory. Amen. So let us come over here. I want to share something with you all. And I pray that this will give us an understanding of who we are dealing with. We are dealing with the God that is so holy that no human being can stand before him in the flesh body and live. Exodus 33, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read the whole chapter, okay? This is the Amplified Bible. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought from the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel, saying, To your descendants I will give it. I will send an angel. Capital A. So we know This is the Lord Jesus Christ. I will send an angel before you and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusite. Go up to a land of abundance flowing with milk and honey for I will not go up in your midst. Why? Because you are a stiff-necked, stubborn, rebellious people, and I might destroy, I might destroy you on the way. Amen. See, this is the God whom we are dealing with. Verse 4. When the people heard this sad word, they mourned, and none of them put on his ornaments. For the Lord has said to Moses, Say to the sons of Israel, You are a stiff-necked, stubborn, rebellious people. If I should come among you for one moment, I would destroy you. Now, therefore, Take off your ornaments so that I may know what to do with you. Mm -hmm. See? So the Israelites left off all their ornaments in repentance from Mount Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, onward. Now Moses used to take his own tent and pitch it outside the camp far away from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting of God with his own people. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the temporary tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise and stand, 
each at his tent door and look at Moses until he entered the tent. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the doorway of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tent door, all the people would would rise and worship each at his tent door. Amen. And so the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his attendant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know, know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, so that I may know you, becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, recognizing and understanding your ways more clearly, and that I may find grace and favor in your sight. And consider also that this nation is your people. And the Lord said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest by bringing you and the people into the promised land. And Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with me, do not lead us up from here. Amen. For how then can it be known that your people and I have found favor in your sight? Is it not by your going with us so that we are distinguished, your people and I, from all the other people on the face of the earth? Amen. Are we listening to this dialogue? Okay. Verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, okay, because keep in mind, the Lord wasn't going nowhere, okay, with this stiff-necked, rebellious people. He's like, I'm not doing it, because if I do, I just may destroy you on the way, so I ain't going. But after Moses is having this, this appeal with the Lord, the Lord said in verse 17 to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have asked, for you have found favor, loving kindness, mercy in my sight, and I have known you personally by name. Amen. Then Moses said, please show me your glory. Mm. And God said, 
I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, for I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show compassion, loving kindness on whom I will show compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face. Why? For no man shall see me and live. Then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place beside me, and you shall stand there on the rock. And while my glory and while my glory is passing by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and protectively cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Amen. Glory be to God, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, you are holy, and no man can stand before you without holiness. When the Lord Jesus Christ walked this earth as God and man, he was on a mission to save his people from their sins. Jesus was fully man. And when he walked this earth, he too was subjected to the laws of Moses. Although he was God, people were able to stand before him because he was dwelling in the body of a man. People talked with Jesus and didn't die. People walked with him, ate with him. They did not die. Jesus healed the sick, opened the eyes of the blind, unstopped deaf ears, cast out demons, and these people did not die in his presence. Why? Philippians 2, 7 tells us about the deity of Christ. That Although he was God, he temporarily set aside his divine nature. But let us but let us not be mistaken, Father. He was fully God and fully man. You command us to be holy so that we can stand before you in righteousness. Without Jesus' righteousness covering us, we will not stand before you. This is why you are preparing your people to meet you face to face. We cannot meet you face to face and still be in sin. This is why you are preparing us. We have an adversary, Satan who Jesus calls a liar, the father of lies. He's been lying from the beginning. He's been a murderer from the beginning. 
And he is lying to your people, Father, that you are being unreasonable to even suggest, let alone command us to be holy while we are still in these flesh bodies with all of the temptations in the world. And yet you still command us to be holy. Father, we know that we have come to know the schemes and devices of our adversary. Those who truly love you, we don't find any of your commandments to be burdensome because we have discernment, spiritual understanding why you command us to be holy even while in these bodies we are being trained in righteousness it's not like you do not know that we have been made from the dirt you know we need help and when jesus was here he said that it was good for him to go back to you so that when he prayed you may send us Holy Spirit. You did not leave us as orphans. You sent the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, whom indwells every born-again child of yours so that we can learn how to be holy. This training is for a reason and it is called eternity. We must be prepared to live in eternity with you because there's another destination in eternity for those who don't want to live holy, who believes every bit of the lie from the devil that it is impossible. No, it is not because the consequence for living a life characterized by sin is the lake of fire, eternal separation. So, Father, help us today as we, as we delve into today's lesson on holiness and what it is. I ask for wisdom, Father. I ask for spiritual discernment. Open my eyes, please, Father, by your mercy and grace, so that I too, like Moses, can get to know you intimately and personally, because you are merciful, you are loving kindness, you are gracious. You are a God of justice and wrath who saved my wretched soul from certain damnation. I was on my way straight to hell, but you saved me and I will proclaim your goodness until the day I draw my last breath. I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you my worship of obedience. 
I sacrifice this body as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to you. Bless your holy name, Father. Hallowed be thy holy and righteous name. May your will be done. May your kingdom come. Come, Lord Jesus. Even so, come, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. Okay, question on the floor. How can we live a holy life today? Well, let us get some things straight before we get into the lesson, okay? Some in the body of Christ are still relying on the fact that we live in this flesh body using that as a crutch. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when we sin, we constantly blame the flesh man. When, when in fact, it is your disobedience and rebelliousness that causes you to sin. My hand is the first to be raised because I too played the game. Claiming the name of Jesus and yet I was in willful sin. So I keep telling you all, I got the plank out my eye. Sufficiently, why? Because I now understand God ain't playing with that lake of fire. And he is preparing us to meet him. That's why he commands us to be holy. Don't let the devil trick you out of your salvation by giving you this stupid reason that God is being unreasonable. Mm -mm. He is nothing more than a bully and a tyrant. He is lying to you. Beloved, that same lie went down in the Garden of Eden. Listen, our enemy has not changed tactics. He is still throwing mud on God's name as if he is holding something back from us. That's the same lie he told Eve. God told Adam, if you, if you eat from that tree in the middle of the, of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day that you partake of it, you shall surely die. And you know what the devil said to that command? He said, no, you will not surely die. And he's been using that same tactic in the 21st century. He's been using it ever since. Why? Because it works. But you must lend your ear to Jesus. And, and allow the Holy Spirit to open up your understanding. As to why he commands us to be holy. It is for one reason. That is so that we are prepared to meet God when we die. Or if he comes back before then. That's why you must be holy. So rather you kicking and screaming because you still want your sin 
and you still want Jesus, that you claim it's impossible to stop sinning. Hello, wake yourselves up. We are about to meet God, whether it be a a child of his or his enemy. Either way, all of humanity will stand before Jesus on judgment day. That's why we are being sanctified and set apart for God's purposes. So, Galatians 2.20 tells us, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. That means, beloved, yes, I, I, I keep taking these dramatic pauses because I must calm down. It's just the urgency in me wanting you to get this. Listen, time is running out. We don't have a lot of time left. No, I am not being overly dramatic. This is not hyperbole. This is biblical truth. Christ Jesus is on his way back. Amen. And the born again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is expected. Yes, expected to walk in holiness and sin not. So, let us, let us get some clarity on the, on the situation because we must be abiding in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, why we must be holy? Well, it is very clear. In the teachings of the scripture that no follower of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ walks in sinless perfection. Okay. But it is also clear that God expects the true believer to not sin habitually. That's the key right there, that one word. Because no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. And he cannot practice sin because he is born of God. 1 John 3, 9. To quote-unquote practice sin is to sin as a way of life. An unsaved person lives a life of habitual sin. The sin of unbelief is a normal thing for the lost person. A true believer does not live in habitual sin. Exclamation point. He or she may commit occasional sins, but they will not make it a habitual practice. I told you about my analogy, right? It's one thing to miss the mark, falling down in the dirt, 
and through repentance and confession of that sin, we get up, get the blood bath because God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. He would, he will cleanse us and purge us from all unrighteousness. It is a whole different thing entirely when you make this a lifestyle by rolling in the dirt. Vast difference. So, the word holy, holiness, saint, and sanctify comes from a Greek root word meaning to set apart to God. The believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is set apart for God by the Holy Spirit. The saint is a person set apart for God, enjoying a holy standing before him in Christ Jesus with the obligation of living a holy life. Amen. First Peter 1, 15 to 16 tells us, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And beloved, the evidence of the new birth is righteous behavior in your life. Sanctification is evident in a changed life. God changes us from the inside out. Amen. Second Corinthians 15, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen. So, let me give you eight reasons why holiness is necessary in the life of every blood-bought new covenant New Testament follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, God commands that we be holy. We see this in Leviticus eleven forty four to 45. Listen, he said, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground, for I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Hold on, let me let me open this up. For I am for I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Amen. And even though this was in the Old Testament, well, guess what, beloved? It's applicable to Gentiles. That's us today. Now that we are in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. God said, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Amen. Be holy and not conforming to evil desire. God's holiness expresses his divine perfection. His innermost nature is holy. And a holy God calls for a holy people. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6.19 tells us, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Amen. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Beloved, we are a chosen people that are to be holy as he is holy. So you want to be a child of God? Well, he's holy. Therefore, you and I must be holy. We are a direct representation of our Father. Amen. And he will not, thank you, Holy Spirit, have wayward children. He didn't put up with it with Israel. That is why they are on a pause. They rejected the Messiah. Not to mention, they did not keep the law. They couldn't keep it no ways. But did they really try? See? Okay, well, holy living demands determination. Yes. Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your which is your spiritual worship mhm it's our duty our reasonable duty for all that he has done for us amen listen we are responsible for our inner life and outward walk. All areas of our lives should be in the process of being conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Folks, sin is abnormal and unnatural for the believer. Yes, because you see... This is the mindset you have to understand. We have been set free from sin, the power of sin, the controlling domination of sin. You are no longer a slave to it. You must consider yourselves dead to sin. Meditate on Romans 6. You must study that. That's the key that will unlock, will unlock the mentality that sin still has control over you. 
even though you are born again. No, beloved. The reason why it is still raining in your life is because you choose to keep on sinning. It's not like sin is just so, so powerful. Even though Christ went to the cross, that sin is still powerful? Absolutely not. Do you not know that our Lord and Savior defeated sin? By living a life that we could not have lived, which was sinless perfection. So in Christ, we share in his victory over sin. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The problem is you have not met this Jesus. Because the Jesus that was nine times out of ten preached to you was a false Christ. That that tells you along with the devil okay because that's just one of his demons because that's not the real Jesus Christ okay that Jesus tells you and confirms with your flesh that it's impossible to live holy when the real Jesus says it is not because I defeated sin on your behalf I laid down my life as a sin offering that was That was pleasing to the father so much, so much so that I did not rot in the grave past three days. I am alive interceding on your behalf. I sent you my Holy Spirit and yet you grieve him. The problem with you is that you are not abiding in me. Thus saith the Lord. Abide in me and you will not walk in darkness. Thus saith the Lord. My father sent me to save my people from their sins. If you do not repent, you will all perish. Thus saith the Lord. I came to prepare your hearts to meet God. You cannot meet him while you are still Sinning, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Beloved, you got to understand the price heaven paid for your sanctification. You must be a willing participant. You want to know why? Time is running out. In times past, God winked at man's ignorance, but now, He has commanded all men everywhere to repent. Why? Because he has set a day in which he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man, by a man whom he raised from the dead. Amen. Acts 17, 30 to 31 We better know it. We better know and recognize that Jesus is on his way back and he will give to every single person according to what he says over here in Jeremiah 17, uh, 10, according to the fruit of his doing, he will give to every man according to his ways, whether those ways be righteous or unrighteous. Amen.
<clears throat> Therefore, we overcome sin through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Galatians 5, 16 to 21 tells us, Paul was saying, right? But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. That's clear, folks. Listen, holiness or sanctification can be perfected, i.e. completed or mature, matured. Study Philippians 3, 8 to 16. A, mature, a maturing or growing holiness is an increased Christ-likeness. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord. Hold on, let me, I got to open this up. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Amen. So, this is why all of this sanctification is taking place so that we may be transformed, conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, becoming and taking on his righteousness so that we can stand before God in right standing when we meet him on judgment day. Or we go by the way of the grave. Nonetheless, we will all stand before him on judgment day. Amen. Number two. Okay. Oh, let me just say this. Our responsibility is to yield ourselves to the inner working of the Holy Spirit. And, and keep on growing in his likeness. Mm -hmm. Number two. The eternal purpose of God and Christ is for us to be holy. God has saved you by the Holy Spirit to make you his holy people. Amen. Second Thessalonians 2.13 But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, 
beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through what? Sanctification by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. To be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Amen. Therefore, beloved, we are to stand firm. Stand firm. Listen, Christ Jesus died to make us holy. The purpose of God in the atoning death of his son for our sins is to save us from the penalty of sin and to set us apart to God to become like his son. Listen, our eternal destiny is to be conformed to the image of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, God loved us while we were his enemies and sent his son to die for us. And we are now his children who are to be like their father. A follower of Jesus who, who sins is a child sinning against his father. Just so you can know that. Number three. The, the only safe evidence that we are having a saving faith in Jesus Christ is a holy life. That's the evidence. That's the evidence right there. Look, 1 John 2, 6, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked, which is what? Obedience to the Father. Mm-hmm. James 2.26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Amen. And what are these works James is talking about? Because he's not talking about works of the law, trying to make yourself holy and sanctified before the Lord. He is talking about works of righteousness. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And this is why John, I mean, right, John the Baptist said that we must produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Yes, we are to be, we are supposed, commanded to produce fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Not fruit of unrighteousness because God does not call us to live in immortality. I'm sorry, and in, if I can get it out. He does not call us to live in immorality, but in holiness. And that's 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. No one can see the Lord God without holiness. God wants you to be holy. Sanctification, <clears throat> sanctification, is God's stated purpose for the believer. Amen. This is where we get gutted out. This is where we this is where we get trained in righteousness and the proof that we are disciples, students of the Lord is the life we live in public and in private. 
That's the acid test that we are born again children. Your life must be a life without habitual practicing sin. It should not be your lifestyle. No, absolutely not. Listen, the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ has been set apart to God and is therefore holy unto the Lord because we have been declared to be perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's Second Corinthians. Look, Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of the in the fear of God. Amen. You know what Paul is saying here? When we walk in the fear of the Lord, we will put away sin. You want to know why? Because we understand the consequence and the penalty for sin is eternal separation from him over here in the lake of fire. So we perfect holiness by living a life of sanctification. And this work of sanctification is by Holy Spirit snatching us from the world and setting us apart unto God. Sanctification is all about pulling us from something and placing us somewhere else. In this case, taking us, taking us from the world, bringing us over to God in holiness and righteousness. And the implication and the expectation is that we are holy. Why? Because we are perfecting it. We are not being stubborn. We stubborn. We are not being rebellious. We are on board with this process. Why? Because we know we are going to meet God. We don't want to stand before the great white throne judgment only to hear our names have not been found written in the Lamb's book of life on this same judgment day because judgment begins first in the household of the Lord. We will stand before Jesus on judgment day at the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat. Not standing before him in judgment of our sins, but to receive rewards. So all of our actions and deeds will be tried by fire. And sad to say, some of us may lose rewards, but we will enter the kingdom. And Paul says, but it will be by the skin of your teeth that you made it in. But. Instead of what being in charge over in charge over 10 cities, you might be in charge over one city, maybe a half a city, maybe just one little piece of land. Who knows? See, that's why we do what we do for the Lord because we love him and we know there are rewards. Why not work for 
um, no, no, why not set up treasures in heaven so that we can enjoy them instead of setting up treasures here on the earth, which are temporal. It's all going to go down, folks. This world is going to burn up in fervent heat with all of its lusts and, and treasures and pleasures. So, number four, the only proof that we sincerely love the Lord Jesus Christ is a holy life because he said, many honor me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from him. Your life should be reflective of what you believe. If you believe you are still a sinner, well, then your life is characterized by sin. If you believe in Jesus Christ that he defeated the power of sin when he died for us on the cross, then you will live a life of holiness and righteousness as you are being led and guided by his Holy Spirit who was sent here to train you, to prepare you to be ready to meet the King. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, John fourteen fifteen. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Whoever has my commandments and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And that's down in verse 21. Jesus gave us two commandments, right? And all of the law and the prophets hang on the, on these two commandments, which is love because he tells us to love the father with our whole hearts, minds, souls, and strength. And the other is just like it to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We are to love our believing brothers and sisters. And all of the law is wrapped up in those two commands. So Jesus says, if you love me, then you will love the father with everything within you. And you're going to love your brother as well. And then he says in verse, in verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will, he will obey my teaching. If you love him, because if you are not obeying Jesus, you ain't loving him. I know you believe in your heart that you do. I know my hand is raised. I thought so too. But we were not keeping his teachings. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So, if we come back up to verse 14, he says in John 14, right? You are my friends if you do what I command. Amen. Beloved, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be holy. If you love him, you will become like him. If you do not obey him, you do not love him. Because I'm bottom lining this for all of us. If you love him, you will obey him. You do not love him if you do not do what he teaches. Those who say we know God, well, 
We live a life of obedience and we do not practice sin. Mm -mm. Number five, the only sound evidence that we are true children of God is a holy lifestyle. Beloved, I pray you are catching what's going on here with, with this little list. It's saying at the end of the day, the evidence that we are truly children of God is the lifestyle we live. If you are living a holy lifestyle, holiness, okay, again, holiness means to be set apart for God coming out from this world. Have we reached sinless perfection? No, but we strive every single day. Not not as a feeble excuse by saying, well, I'm trying. No, that's not what striving means. Striving does not mean some feeble baby crying excuse. Well, I'm trying. Jesus knows my heart. No, it means a determined, a determined mindset that I am going to be holy. And I'm striving to enter through that narrow door. That's a commandment from Jesus. And I will do it with confidence, diligence, and obedience. Why? Because I know I'm being prepared to meet God and I want to be prepared. Jesus is not coming back for a church that is wrinkled, spotty, and blameful. Absolutely not. Not to mention shameful. He ain't coming back for that. Nope. Mm -mm. So everyone who lives in union with Christ does not continue to sin. But whoever continues to sin has never seen him or known him. Mm -hmm. First John 3, 6. Listen. The child of God does not have the habit of sin. Why? Because he has God's divine principle of life dwelling in him. God is God is righteousness. So if he is dwelling in us, well, we have that divine principle. That's why we don't live a life of sin. It's not because we are self-righteous that we have somehow arrived and you have not. No. <laughs> okay. It is because his seed the essence of who he is lives on the inside of us. Therefore, like John was saying, saying we cannot go on sinning as a lifestyle is not possible. You cannot have a righteous, holy God living on the inside of you and you practice sin as a lifestyle. Not doable. And that's facts. Amen. Let me give you the inside track. Okay. A person who abides in a sinless person. And you know we're talking about Jesus, right? 
A person who abides in a sinless person must himself be sinless because he has a sinless, re- regenerated nature. Folks, we we got to understand what happened to us with the new birth, okay? Before being born again, that nature, that spirit on the inside of us was dead as a doornail. It was in complete opposition to God. It opposed everything holy. Once we are born again, once we become born again through the new birth, we have we we now have a new spirit, a regenerated spirit, one that is on board with Holy Spirit, one that is on board with the Father. That spirit on the inside of us is holy. It's the only thing that got regenerated about us. The mind is still being renewed. We know what's going on with the flesh, right? This flesh ain't will never be holy until Christ returns and we have eternal life and these bodies will now be redeemed and glorified but it will go back to the dirt Mm -hmm. the only thing about us that has been regenerated transformed is the spirit man on the inside of us we are new creations up under this flesh amen therefore our natures have been regenerated. It's just like it was before before the fall of man. Mm-hmm. I know it may not seem that way because some of us are still cutting up. But if you are truly born again, then your life will be reflected of it. So God's children act like their father. Romans 8.14 tells us those who are led by the Holy Spirit of God are the sons of God. Amen. Listen, the Spirit of God leads to holiness because he will not lead you into sin and disobedience. If the Spirit leads you, you will live a holy life. You will. I am a walking, breathing witness. I testify that now that I have truly repented, the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of me. My life that I live in him, being guided and led, is a holy life. You don't have to believe me because God sees it all. He watches over the way of the righteous. He would not permit me to even open my mouth about his word if I was still living in willful sin. Ain't possible. Amen. Number six. I'm bringing this list to a close. Number six. Oh, 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 oh. I got to tell you this. Okay. The new birth involves a perfect purification from sin amen and that's what i've been saying that this sanctification is all about getting gutted out being purified from sin 
So number six, people who live holy lives are a blessing to others. Amen. Look, Galatians 5.13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use our freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But, hold on. Let's see, I got to keep opening this up. I, I can't read it. But through love, serve one another. Amen. So, consistent, holy behavior is a powerful testimony to God's saving grace. Amen. Listen, that holy life you are living right now today is a powerful testimony to God's saving grace. I, I, I tell you, I'm a witness. I am, I am constantly in awe at God's saving grace on my life. Beloved, if you have known me before all of this, you would think she she ain't never coming to Christ. She ain't never going to get it right because of the life I lived. Listen, it will push your wig back. If I even tell you the stories, I don't even want to remember them. So God blesses the service of people who are holy. Amen. I'm a witness. People who live holy lives are not selfish. They are a blessing to other people. I'm a witness. I'm telling you what I know. This is absolutely correct. Amen. So number seven, our present comfort depends upon living a holy life. You want to know why? <clears throat> you will become completely uncomfortable when God gets to chastening you because you ain't listening. You're not listening. And trust me, when you are living right, oh, life becomes comfortable and bearable. Does that mean we don't have any problems? No. Does that mean everything goes right? No. Does that mean kids the kids, <laughs> does that mean the kids won't be cutting up? No, because they will be cutting up, okay? But it's a difference. We, we don't handle those circumstances with rage anymore. Nope. We, we take care of business. We handle it. And then we keep it moving. We don't get depressed. We don't we don't become bitter. We don't we don't get mad at God because like I'm I'm saved. So so how come I'm still broke? How come people are still coming against me? Why am I being persecuted? I'm just trying to preach the gospel. Nonetheless, we live a life of joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God, folks. Amen. Listen, let me just bottom line this to you. You cannot walk with the Lord and the world at the same time. God will chastise the sinning saint if that's even a thing. <laughs> You can't be a sinning saint. Either you are a saint 
or you are a sinner. So, I mean, I, I get the reference that if you are a child of God and you are willfully sinning, oh, oh, be prepared for the whooping. Mm-hmm. Listen, our our sanctification is not a personal attainment, but it is a state or position into which God in grace has called us. Mm-hmm. It is our responsibility to sanctify ourselves. Second Peter 3.11 But as he who called you is holy, you also... You also be holy in all of your conduct. Yes, we are to participate in this sanctification. We don't just sit back on some glory cloud and wait for the Lord to return. And in the meantime, we are still living a life that is characterized by practicing sin. Nope, we're not going to make it, folks. Listen, last but not least, okay? Oh, Oh, how can I forget Matthew 5, 8? Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, for they shall see God. Amen. Folks, I told you, the Lord spoke to me today and gave me this open revelation that he is preparing us to be holy so we can meet God. For they shall see God. They who? The ones that are pure in heart. Who lives and have lived, if they die before he returns, lived a life of holiness, a life of sanctification. That we participated in the training and the purging of sin while we were alive. That's what holy is all about it is being set apart from this world setting ourselves unto God learning how to be holy getting prepared to meet him when we drop the bodysuit amen and that's it in a nutshell Hebrews 12 14 I got this on my car Okay, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And now, 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him. So, Holy Spirit, I absolutely love you. Because this is exactly what you dropped in my spirit today. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appear, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. Amen. That's why. Don't believe the lie from the devil that God and Jesus is being unreasonable. No. That is why we are being set apart in holiness because we are being prepared to meet God, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he returns so that we may have confidence and not shrink away when we see him in shame. That's why he wants us to be holy. 
That's why he wants us separated from this world and consecrated to him because he is gutting us out. Now that we are born again, we need training in holiness. And he tells us through parables, through the writings and teachings of the apostles, how to live holy, sound doctrine. That's why we read the Bible. It was given to us. It is profitable for us. In what? Sound doctrine, training, reproof, correction, righteousness, all the texts in the Bible is preparing us to meet holiness. We can't meet God without being holy. The only way we are holy is in Christ. Not on your own. Because right Holy Spirit. God says that our righteous deeds. What apart from Christ. Are filthy bloody minstrel rags to him. But in Christ. We are now holy. In Christ. We are now righteous. In Christ. Christ, we have been set apart from this world. We have been set free from the dominating reign of sin. When our whole lives, we offered up these bodies to unrighteousness. But now in Christ, we must consider ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to to God. We are to live holy. Our faith that we say we have in Jesus Christ, it must be evidenced by works of righteousness. That's the evidence. Without works of righteousness, your faith, that confession, that belief in Christ, well, it is dead. And don't let no one tell you otherwise. Just like the body. Without the spirit. You. That body will drop to the ground dead. Without a, a soul. Living on the inside of it. Likewise. Your faith. Is dead. Without corresponding evidence. To what you believe. I don't know how many ways that I can say it, but we are commanded to live holy because the Lord Jesus Christ by his spirit is getting us prepared to meet holy God. And without sanctification, without being purified, without being covered by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we will not see him without holiness. No man, you will be thrown into the lake of fire because you have not been set apart in sanctification. Well, that's not fair. We we live in these bodies and we are going to sin. Well, you know what you sound like? Your father, the devil, because this is what he told you. Jesus Christ said, you have been set free. I set you free. And if the son has set you free from what? Sin, the power of it. 
the controlling domination of it. And if I set you free, then you are free indeed. Amen. And if you don't believe it, all unbelievers, Jesus said in Revelation 21, 8, all believers will have their part in the lake of fire. Amen. So keep playing. Keep playing with all these excuses. Yes, I know the game. Game recognized game. Claiming the name and still giving in to the flesh. Pulling out one, um, 1 John 1, 9 out the back pocket as some ace in the hole just trampling underfoot Jesus Christ. Beloved, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Because listen, all of this sanctification has a benefit. Mm -hmm. The physical changes of our redemption will take place when Christ returns and our bodies are glorified. 1 John 3, 3 says, we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Amen. What is this? Philippians 3. Let me, let me open this up because I already know. Philippians 3, 20 to 21. But our citizenship, folks, because this is the focus. Forget about this, this earth. Forget about it. Forget about everything that's in it. Forget about it. Our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior. The Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Amen. That's what we got to look forward to, okay? Because Jesus Christ shall return. We can and we should keep our lives pure. Amen. That's it. I can't over massage this message any more than I have already had by the Spirit of grace. Amen. Amen. Father. Thank you. I know. I, I, I. Well, no, 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 no. You want us to offer up thanksgiving and praise. Thank you. I praise you, Father. Thank you for such understanding. This clears up a lot. That we don't have to struggle in sanctification. Now that, and I pray that all of your children got the understanding of what's happening. We are being trained to be holy. That's why you set us apart from this world. You have chosen a people, a royal priesthood, a special possession of your own. And you are training us because we were born into, into sin. 
We were born as sinners, and as sinners, we were enemies of yours. We lived in this world. We we practiced all of its satanic values. We thought this was the quote-unquote American dream, to go get it, go get it, and live your best life now. Not giving any thought that there is a holy God who is watching all of this. Now that we are in Christ, you are, you are training us to be holy. Just like Moses, you, you, you passed him by because you are so holy and so pure that if a sinful man were to see you face to face, we probably would just disintegrate right on the spot. Your your light is so brilliant. The, the brilliance of your glory. No man, not in these flesh bodies, can stand before you. This body must be glorified. <clears throat> it must be redeemed. And if it is redeemed then we have lived a life of sanctification. Father, have mercy on us all, that we endure until the end, that no matter what comes our way, persecution, trials, tests, temptations, that we overcome it all. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for us. Thank you for sanctification. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for edification of your teachings. May we stay in your teachings. May we abide continuously in you. Being trained. Being set apart. Set me apart. I'm taking this personal. Set me apart, Lord. Teach me. Sit me down. Train me. I want to I want to maintain my right standing in the Father so that when you return I won't shrink back and I pray for my brothers and sisters that they too have the same tenacity the same want the the same longing to be trained in holiness and in righteousness with the clear understanding that we are being prepared to meet the living God. No longer should we complain about it's so hard because I can assure you, right, Lord, right? It's going to be harder in hell as we await final judgment only to stand before you at the great white throne for final sentencing where the books of our lives will be opened and we will be judged out of those things written in the books and the book of life will be opened. And Revelation chapter 20 tells us all about this, that if our names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life, we will be thrown into the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone and the smoke of our torment, Revelation 14, the smoke of our torment will rise day and night and there will be no relief 
we will be tortured. Lord, have mercy on us all. In your precious name, thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for the gift of faith and repentance. Thank you. Bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Well, there we have it. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Do not be deceived, beloved. Bad company will corrupt your good morals. Come to your senses. Arise to righteousness as you ought to and stop sinning. Study 1 Corinthians 15, 33 to 34. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye